What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. This is Cortland Sutton, and you're listening to Roster Watch. Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the epic Roster Watch podcast brought to you by rosterwatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap and joining me today, probably the most recurring guest we've had on the podcast <laughs> up to nearly 500 episodes now, uh, a lot of uh, uh, you know thousands of radio shows. You've, you've probably uh, heard this guy the most. His name is Ben Albright. You can find him on Twitter at AlbrightNFL. Nowadays, he's a big shot with the Denver Broncos, broadcasting live there for the Broncos radio, basically team radio from inside Broncos Stadium with iHeart. Also uh, has some things coming up in the works that we'll keep under the under the hat for now and let Ben announce when they occur. But as always, Ben doing big shit. Ben, what, what the hell's going on, brother? Yeah, it's good to be back, dude. It's good to see your face. Yeah, man, for sure. And did I mention it's 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 at Albright NFL on Twitter. So that's yeah, at eight. At A L L B R I G H T N F L and go follow him there and probably unfollow, unfollow there. And, 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 then, and then unfollow him soon as soon as he starts talking shit. <laughs> ben, all right. So there's, there's a million things I got to ask you, man. For one, man, I'm, I'm, I'm tilted. I, I like we did for it's like the first time. I don't think I ran into you at the, at the Senior Bowl or the Combine or anything like that. Um, were you just there, just kind of doing stuff with the teams and stuff? You weren't hanging out with us plebes in the media or what? Man, yeah, kind of. I mean, like, I felt bad because there's so many people I didn't see. Um, I got out and about a little bit for the Senior Bowl, but Combine, you know, we were just we we're kind of busy. Like, Ryan and I were just kind of busy for the whole thing. And, um, you know, we get out for dinner and see people, but that was about it. So, and then, you know, you get out to Prime and it's like 2 a.m. So, um, <laughs> you know how it is. So, like, it's, it's one of those things. Like, um, yeah, I just, uh, you know, it's not, um, uh, it was a busy year. If I'd have seen you at Prime, I might not have remembered anyway, right? <laughs> I might not have remembered either. We might have been hanging out the whole time. Who knows? Right. We could, um, we could lie in the audience right now. <laughs> Everybody's got to know Ben. Um, I mean, I, I got to ask you about Russ and stuff. But first, like, I mean, this is a fantasy football show, first and foremost. Like, what what do you think about Melvin Gordon? Do you think – I mean, there was George Payton at the – at the owners' meetings, you know, saying basically the same thing he said whenever I asked at the combine about Melvin Gordon, saying like, "Hey, we'd like to have him back." It just sure feels like, t- to me, it felt like if it was going to be another year where there was going to be quarterback purgatory and stuff, and they would have to lean a ton more on the run game. My just outside view was like maybe then it would be a lot more likely that they would be able to bring back Melvin Gordon. They would have the extra money. They would have the run first philosophy and they would like to have those, those two guys. It feels like with Russell Wilson taking up a lot of extra salary cap and maybe the offense being a little bit different. My thought was 
it's maybe a little bit less likely, even though that Peyton says he'd like to have him back. Uh, do you have any do you have any thoughts about Melvin Gordon? Because it really, I mean, Javante Williams is going in the first round of these of these fantasy drafts, and and as far as dynasty drafts, he's going in like the top three or four running backs. As people are assuming that there's going to be no Melvin Gordon there as soon as next season. Yeah, I would say it's less likely. Um, it never shut the door on anything. I mean, we could go down the hallway, but Melvin's my neighbor, actually. So we could go <laughs> is down the hallway. He really, is he really? Yeah. yeah. He, so he, could, he, he's actually a super nice dude, right? Yeah, he's like the nicest guy yeah, in the world. Yeah, we could yeah. go down and uh, we could go down. In fact, he DM'd me a little bit earlier. And I was like, man, I'm in bed. I'm not walking down there. I'm just like, he's like, you know. <laughs> um, but I'm like, no, man, um, I, I think it's less likely. I mean, like, it's not impossible. I would just say improbable right now. Um, the market for him has been a little softer than he wanted, you know, and that, that's understandable, but um, I still think that it's, that his price tag is too high for the Broncos relative to, to what they want. Like they've t- like George Payton got out there and talked about, you know, we've talked to Kareem Jackson, Melvin Gordon, and that was basically one call to each of their agents. I mean, you can say you talk to him at that point, but are you really talking to him? You know? So, um, you know, I think, uh, I, I don't think he's back in Denver. I mean, he doesn't think he's going to be back in Denver, but, um, you know, never say never. If everything pans out, you know, if everything, uh, you know, they don't get a running back in the draft and his market's soft, maybe he comes back on like a one year deal, that kind of thing. But as it sits right now, uh, I would say 85, 15, he's not back. Oh, well, all right. Well, that, that, I mean, that's, it makes sense. It makes sense. And of course the Broncos, you know, you, you mentioned the draft. I'm just looking on Tankathon right now. It looks like the Broncos don't pick until the very dead last pick of the second round at 64. With that being said, it's a pretty deep running back class. Do you, do you think that if do you think that if Melvin were to move on, that the Broncos would look look running back? And then if so, I mean, probably it looks like how how, how many day two picks do they have? So they have three day they two have five picks. picks inside the one inside 120 inside the first 120. They have five picks. All right, yeah, because they have the two fourth rounders at one fifteen and one sixteen. Right. So right. Uh, that's kind of running back territory. Do, do you think, as far as this class, with you know some of these guys are going to be early day three guys? Do you think that they? Do you think they would? I guess on the depth chart right now, it's just what is it? It's just all they have is Mike. Is it just Mike Boone? Is there anybody yeah, else? You know I think they've got a futures deal or practice squad futures deal with Demario Crockett, but beyond Demari that, Crockett. Okay. yeah, I think that's about it. Crockett's a non-factor. I mean, like you know, I hate to doubt a guy, but he's a non-factor. Um, I, I do believe they'll draft one. Uh, keep your eye on like Hassan Haskins out of Michigan. Um, you know, he's one that I, I know they're bringing in for a workout. So keep your eye on that one. Um, but you know, overall it's, it's going to be the, the Javante Williams show and, and, you know, they like Mike Boone a lot, so he's going to get worked in the rotation. He was injured last year. And, and honestly, the thing last year, like, you know, I mean, I got on Twitter and I'm always talking about Melvin and like, everybody knows he's my neighbor, but like Melvin was a better situational runner. Melvin did not take zero or negative yard runs. Javante Williams did at like one of the highest clips in the NFL, 25% of his carries went for zero or negative yardage, one out of every four carries. So um, that was one of those things that like Javante has got to get a little bit better with the vision, the outside zone switch, the switch to outside zone should help him quite a bit because he can just kind of run, you know, string the run along and kind of take off. Um, so I expect him to be better at that next year, but he was one of those people who's got to improve that vision a little bit. Melvin was just more reliable at getting you yardage. Now Javante had those big sexy runs that all made the highlight rail and all that kind of stuff. And if you get bonuses uh, in your fantasy league for like 20 plus yard runs, things like that, absolutely factor that in for Javante. Um, but he's still got a, there's some small, some small 
you know, running back craft things that he's got to work on, um, you know, overall, he's going to get the lion's share. He's going to be one, a guy this year, but, um, there's still a few things that he needs to work on. I didn't think about there being a switch to outside zone. That's Mm -hmm. interesting. I think it's good for the offensive line. Isn't that good for guys like, I mean, isn't that good for guys like Reisner? It's good for, it's probably good for a a younger guy like Quinn Miners. Um, Garrett Bowles. Garrett Bowles was drafted to be an outside zone tackle, and then they tried to power gap the last two years. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's that's an interesting that's an interesting um, interesting thing there because yeah, I mean, it's the you know it's a new head coach, it's a new offense, it's a new. I mean, it's a whole new day. I mean, we probably buried the lead just because Javante Williams is the biggest deal for fantasy, but um, the biggest deal in real football, and it's honestly a huge deal for fantasy is is the Russell Wilson stuff. Did you think it was going to be Russell Wilson, or did you believe it was going to be Aaron Rodgers? Did you believe any of this was was going to happen? Um, offline, I got to have a conversation with you about this, but I knew it was going to be one of the two back last October. Um, when this idea started formulating for the Broncos, that Russ Wilson was going to be plan B, uh, they were really excited about it. George Payton was really excited about it. Um, but they still thought the Rogers thing was going to happen. They got tipped off right around the senior bowl that Aaron Rodgers was going back to green Bay. And that's when they pivoted to Russ and, and, you know, and, and all that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, I, I, I wanted Russ personally. So for me, like I'm happy. Um, but I, you know, there's some people that might still have been on the Aaron Rodgers bandwagon. How do you feel like Russell Wilson fits into what Nathaniel Hackett does philosophically and schematically? I think he fits in great because Nathaniel Hackett is just going to make the offense what Russ Wilson wants. Uh, so is that the you deal know. you think? I mean, that's just kind of because that's. I mean, he's 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 used to catering his scheme around a transit around a transcendent quarterback recently. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting because Hackett ran K Gun in Buffalo and Jacksonville, right? When he was an offensive coordinator that called the plays, he ran K-Gun. So then he goes to uh, Green Bay where he doesn't call any plays. Um, and he's really just responsible for the script. And Matt LaFleur calls the plays. And they switch to outside zone, and they're not running like K-Gun. It's West Coast outside zone. They're not really running all the K-Gun stuff. So it's going to be interesting to see. Like Hackett is well-versed in like a variety of offenses. And I wouldn't be surprised if we start seeing stuff that we haven't really seen before. Not just outside zone, but like out of the pistol uh, I think you're going to see tempo. Um, I think you're just going to have like some, some interesting different quirks in this offense because it's It's such an amalgamation of a bunch of different concepts uh, than just a traditional West coast outside zone, like what they've traditionally run in Denver under like Mike Shanahan. Do, do you, do you see it as being a system that can, yeah. Well, I mean, as far as the, as far as the featured, you know, as far as the featured players, we know that in green Bay, it just, there was that mind meld between Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. And we can just kind of extrapolate to say, well, Russell Wilson kind of coming down to Denver. It really helps. It really helps Cortland Sutton. It feels like, you know, we pe- people who play fantasy are much more interested now in Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy and stuff like that. Is, is there is there one of those guys who you think might stand to benefit more from having a quarterback like like Russ under center? I guess Judy, um, just because, you know, Taylor Bridgewater couldn't get him the ball, you know, like that was the thing. Taylor Bridgewater just could not get him the ball where he needed. So at the end of the year, they were relegated the second half of the season, Jerry Judy to be in the fake jet sweep guy. And and it was just, it was embarrassing to watch. Um, I think Tim Patrick is underrated. KJ Hamler is going to have to show he can stay healthy, but he's the vertical guy. Like, you know, uh, and then, you know, we talked about Sutton. Tim Patrick is the third down guy, sure-handed guy, doesn't drop anything. Uh, Cortland's got to return to form. 
That's the thing. He's got to return to who he was before that injury, and he hasn't done that yet. Last year, by the way, Teddy Bridgewater didn't throw a touchdown to a receiver after the Dallas game. Did not throw one to yeah, a receiver. I remember thinking I – re, I remember there being the, that statistic out there about certain the weeks in a row that there hadn't been a receiving touchdown to a wide receiver for yeah. the Broncos. But Drew Locke came in in the Cincinnati game where he hit Tim Patrick. That was the next time a receiver caught a touchdown for the Denver Broncos, which was like three games left in the, uh, left in the season. So uh, it's, it's um, you know, they're, they're expecting a lot more receiver productivity than they have had the last couple of years between Locke and, and, and Bridgewater. Um, so, you know, I would, the Broncos receivers are probably going later than they should nationally in your national drafts. I mean, locally in Denver, people are picking up on it, but um, it, it depends on what you're looking for, what your league rewards points for. You know, if it's going to be uh, if it's going to be a PPR thing, if it's going to be a touchdown thing, you might want to, one of the different guys. I think Jerry Judy's going to get a lot of volume work. Um, I think the touchdown guys are probably going to be Sutton and Patrick, um, but I think KJ Hamler could sneak in there and, and kind of be the Tyler Lockett if he can stay healthy as well. So you got to you got to kind of keep your eye on training camp when you're watching these Broncos receivers as far as the tight end position goes. Albert Okawebenam is going to be the sleeper this year. He's the he's the number one tight end now that Fant's gone, and he is absolutely an athletic marvel. So you'll want to keep your eye on that. It might be a guy that if you're you know if you see him available in the later rounds, you might want to snag him as a backup tight end, and you never know he could take off for you or he could be plug and play. And you could trade your other tight end. Yeah, yeah, because I, I saw that. I mean, did they bring in? They brought in somebody that's like a blocking. Was it Tom? Eric Thomason. Eric yeah. Thomason. And he's he's there to be a, a, a you know a six offensive lineman. Eric yeah. Thomason. Yeah, he's not he's not a pass catching tight end. Yeah. So yeah, Alberto, and he's going. I mean, I just took Alberto in the sixth in the sixteenth round of a of an underdog best ball yeah. draft just yeah, now. Yeah, I, I don't I I don't think we're, I mean it's kind of sneaky right now before people start really thinking about this stuff. I, I think by the time people are having their fantasy drafts, Alberto is going to be a, going to be kind of a sexy late round sleeper pick for sure. You, I, I just kind of want to get back to Cortland Sutton because like, it just feels like Ben, whenever you talk about, I mean, I just, I just know you have, I've, I've, I've known you now for Jesus. I've known you for like a decade. I, and when I talk to you about these players it like you, you it feels like you're kind of down on Sutton. I mean, he, I mean, is, is it just cause he's going to be 20, He's gonna be 27, 27 already. Um, like, like, do you do you really feel like last year? I mean, you're the one around practice all the time. You're the. I just kind of wondered, like, maybe he was back, but just the offense was throttling. And did you really think that last year he was struggling to get back to 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 his original form physically? It felt like he didn't believe in himself. It felt like he did not believe in his legs coming back off that injury. It just felt like it. He wasn't the same player. Now I think he can get back there. Um, you know, I, I absolutely think he can get back to where he needs to be, but he just like last year was not, and he's too hard a worker and too smart a guy. Like he was just not where he needed to be. And it felt like it was mental. It felt like he didn't believe that his, his body coming back up off that injury. Um, the fact that, I mean, like Teddy Bridgewater could get the ball to him, you know, like, cause you know, Cortland Sutton's the slant guy. He's not the, he's not the vertical thread. He's, he's a, he's a big athlete, but he's more a contested catch guy than anything else, you know? Um, and the catch radius is the, the floor to the sky. So, um, you need somebody that's just going to put the ball out there for him, let him go make a play. Teddy wasn't that guy. Teddy was too hyper careful. Um, and, and so I think the combination of having Russ back and another year back off that injury, I think he'll be fine. Did, did you, uh, just one other thing about that. Did you notice that, um, Jerry Judy might've been, because you, you read some of the next gen stats and some of the PFF stuff about, you know, separation distance and stuff like that people always talk I mean Jerry Judy had some issues with drops and stuff but people always talk about the fact that if you look at some of the advanced statistics 
like the way he was separating and the way that he was getting open was second to none in the in the league. Is that something they got talked about around the facility and the fact that maybe uh, you know, I mean, if he's just got somebody who can just who can just get the who some some just somebody who can deal a little bit better, just deal this ball to him. Um, was that kind of the feel around there? Does that match up with what some of these some of these advanced analytics were saying as far as his as far as his separation? No, that's absolutely it. Xavier Howard called him the best route runner he'd ever seen as a rookie. Um, and, and he is that guy. I mean, he just, he's a guy shaking big. Now the problem is he got hurt last year, like middle of the season. And he, you know, so, so he was coming back off that ankle sprain and that was a problem for him a little bit. And they were using him as the dummy guy on the fake jet sweep that they never handed the ball off to. Um, it was, it was, it was weird. Like Pat Shermer just, just totally just, it, it, you know, he was, like, he was like taking a Ferrari and adding a boat anchor to it. It was, it was the, <laughs> weirdest, you know, the weirdest thing. Um, I, I think that Jerry Rudy's primes for a kind of a breakout season. I wouldn't be surprised to see, you know, 800, and eight out of him. I wouldn't be surprised to see more. Um, I think he's going to be more of the uh, between the twenties guy. And if he breaks one, that's where he gets the touchdowns. Um, I, I think the end zone guys are going to be Patrick Sutton and Okwebenam. But I think Jerry Judy, if you're a PPR guy, and if you're a volume yardage uh, league, he's the guy and he's going to get you bonus touchdowns when he breaks some. So, so just, put, just, just putting a gun to your head here. Not, I mean, not for real. I, I mean, uh, we don't we don't have any violence stuff around here, but uh, just you know, if you put putting your feet to the fire, uh, it, if you had to choose one in a fantasy league, and let's just say you, like you can't do the PPR hedging stuff, let's say it's a half point PPR league, would you and and you're on the clock, and both Sutton and Judy are av- are available to you, which one would you take? Oh man, uh, probably Judy just for the upside for the long ball, you know, kind of stuff. Um, but you know, I think they're pretty close. I, I, you know, honestly, I think that the, all three, they're going at right around the same, they're, they're going at practically the exact same spot. Yeah. All two of them are probably, it just, it really depends on the, the type of league that you're in. You know, if you're in a, just a generic base stats, you know, kind of whatever thing I might go with Sutton. Uh, but if you're PPR, I might go with, um, I might go with Judy. And I think Judy, if you get in like the, the 40 plus yard catch bonus, stuff like that, I'd probably go with Judy. Would you rather pick a six? Would Would you rather take a sixth round pick in fantasy on one of those guys, or just get Tim Patrick or KJ Hamler with the last pick in your draft? I feel like, the, I feel, to be honest with you, I feel like all three Broncos one through three are probably like eighth round guys. If we're, if we're being honest, I think that's right who around. Is, who is the three? Patrick. Uh, yeah, I, I think the eighth round is, is probably the sweet spot. I think Tim Patrick's gonna gonna eat into some of Sutton's stuff. That's the other reason I'm worried about Sutton because they're both gonna play on the outside. They're both big body contested guys, and I think that's gonna, there's gonna be a kind of a split between them. Um, and I think they're gonna they're gonna hurt each other. But I think so. I think Judy's probably the guy you get the edge to, um, and, and you hope that he doesn't have the dropsies. Um, yeah. But I think the eighth round is probably the, probably the spot for that. You know, you need to get your quarterback. You need to get uh, a couple other things in between there. And I think that those Broncos receivers, if you're if you're looking for it na- on a national draft, now if you're here in Denver, those drafts they're going to go sooner than that. But um, if you're you know if you're on a national draft, eighth round and one of them's there, I think that's the, the point to start snapping. Well, them up. I mean, I mean, what basically roster watch nation? What what Ben is saying here if I could translate into fantasy stuff is that Tim Patrick is an absolute screaming value right now because yeah. you can get him for free. And he's saying like, he would take him somewhere around the point. He would take Sutton or Judy, which is mile literally. I mean, not literally, but it is miles apart as far as 80. We're talking about a 14th or 15th round ADP versus a sixth round ADP. So right. Um, Tim Patrick, I'll tell you this, like Tim Patrick has what one drop over the last three seasons, maybe two, um, you know, he's a ball. Magnet. So he's just, it's one of those guys that is an absolute, yeah. An absolute steal where he's getting taken. And 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 they didn't they give him a contract? Yeah, him and Sutton both got contracts last year. So 
Yeah, cool. All right. Well, that's well, that's great about Tim Patrick. Again, we're here with Ben Albright at Albright NFL. A uh, bunch of good Broncos stuff here, Ben. I'm I'm um, I am well aware of your time here. Just wanted to just do a couple quick hits. One quick hit from each other AFC West team. I'll get I'll get a prediction from you, and then we'll get the hell out of here. Um, what about the Chiefs? I mean, how big a deal is it that they lost Tyreek Hill? Do you, and do you expect? Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Juju Smith-Schuster, any of those guys, if you were playing in a fantasy league or just if you were looking at one of these dudes to hop up and really produce, is there one of those guys that you would kind of look at that's being, um, that's being uh, you know, I guess it's being put into a new situation where they're attached to Patrick Mahomes, which I guess for Marquez Valdez-Scantling, he's been with a really good quarterback this whole time. You know, I guess you can't really say the exact same thing about Juju, who's been with the bad Steelers quarterbacks and Big Ben towards the end of his career. Yeah, the thing about the thing about the Chiefs is wide receiver two tends to get ignored. You know, when they had Sammy Watkins, it was the same thing. Kelsey is wide receiver two on that team, right? So um, that and, and Valdez Scantling doesn't have the the, the cuts that Tyreek Hill had. He's he's more long speed. He's had an issue with drops. I don't think the Chiefs are done at receiver. Uh, would not be surprised to see them acquire Brandon Cooks. We're not. I'm not 100 percent on that, but I wouldn't be surprised if they did. That would change the dynamic. So, you know, I, 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 I steer clear of that outside of Kelsey, I'm kind of steering clear of the Chiefs wide receiver situation until the dust settles. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, and, and, and that's interesting about cooks because the Broncos were idiotically saying that they, he was a the guy they wanted to build around and like a third, you know, build around a 30 year old guy. That's one concussion away from retirement. It's like so, so wild. Um, okay. What about um, uh, the, ch- the chargers? They bring back uh, they bring back Mike Williams. They still have they still have uh, Keenan Allen around there. There was a lot of excitement about Joshua Palmer maybe taking a next step this year. But do you think Mike Williams coming back is going to keep that from happening to where they're going to still stay focused on those two Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler? That's the offense. Yeah, I think that's the offense. And I think the other thing, too, to remember is the Chargers don't have an offensive line. Their offensive line might be the worst in the league. So if you're looking for vertical threats out of the out of the Chargers, that's going to be a problem unless Herbert can just break tackles and buy time. So for me, the money play is Keenan Allen. Get the PPR guy, get the possession guy that's going to get a peppered with targets because there's not time for anything else to develop uh, and get downfield. And and he knows how reliable Keenan Allen is. So I think that's the play. I know they just paid Williams and all that kind of stuff. But to me, Keenan Allen's play. Okay, and then for the Raiders, they bring in Devontae Adams. Um, I just, I'd like to just hear Ben Albright's take on on Devontae Adams, Derek Carr. How how does that go, and how much how much differently do we need to view Devontae Adams if we're playing fantasy football? And uh, we know that he's no longer connected with Aaron Rodgers, but he is he is going to a guy who he does have a you know, I guess kind of in this ancient college connection with. Well, that's what I say. I'm going to call him peaches and herb because it's reunited. and It feels so good. Right. Um, <laughs> I think, uh, I, think uh, I think you ding Devonte Adams in terms of the overall stats that you expect from him, but I think you bump Derek Carr. Uh, and I think you look around that offense and you bump some of the other guys, Renfro, uh, Waller, those guys are going to get more one-on-ones because Devonte Adams is over there. So I think that the, the beneficiary it's beneficial to the Raiders offense. It's beneficial to Carr. It's beneficial to Waller. It's beneficial to Renfro. I just, I don't think it's necessarily beneficial to Adams because Carr is not going to be keyed in on him all the time. The same way uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers was, you know, Aaron Rodgers had tunnel vision with Devonte Adams. Sometimes I don't think Derek Carr is going to have that even with the relationship they have dating back. So um, I think it's good for Carr. I think it's good for Renfro, especially. And I think it's good for Waller. 
Well, uh, one one other thing here before I get the before I get the uh, this prediction for you for the AFC West because it just kind it kind of hit me. You mentioned earlier the thing about Hassan Haskins. Um, whenever I look at a guy like Haskins, that's a like I just was kind of thinking about it. That's that's a big dude, Hassan Haskins out of Michigan. I think he was six. He's six two and almost two thirty at the combine. It, does does that maybe give us a a clue that the, of the kind of back that I mean? Do you think that they might be looking for a big back like that? Because um, I don't know. Do, like, don't do they not view Javante Williams as somebody who's, who can be just like a big sort of power back like that? I think they do, but I think they'd like to have two of them. You know, mm-hmm. like that scene from uh, what is it, the Facebook movie or whatever? Is like uh, I'm six foot five. There's two of me. You know, um, <laughs> I, I think that uh, I, I think that's I think that's kind of the philosophy. You know, it, it's it's basic physics. Force equals mass times acceleration, right? And so mm-hmm. if you're a big dude and you can accelerate like that, you got a, you got a lot of force coming through that line. It's you're tough to tackle. And they know they've seen Javante and how that can be. You add another big guy like that behind him, and you can spell Javante with. And now all of a sudden in the third and fourth quarter, uh, you're looking at an even more effective running back. So um, I think they've already got their speedster and Mike Boone. I think they've got, you know, he's, he presents a little bit different dynamic, even though he weighs like 220, uh, 215. Um, he does? Yeah. Mike Boone's up to like 215, 220. Um, <laughs> oh, dude, yeah. I, I- if you'd have me guess, if you'd have me guess how much Mike Boone weighs, I would have told you one one ninety five. Yeah, that's what most yeah. people. I think. Yeah, I have to go back and double check that, but I, I know he's. Uh, I know he was up to two ten last year, so mm-hmm. they were trying to bulk him up a little bit and not lose any, lose any speed on him. So we'll see. But uh, yeah, no, I think the Broncos want. I think they want you know more of that. I don't think it's. I don't think they want uh, three different backs. I think they want kind of complementary skill sets a little bit with. Um, you know, with the backs that they have. And if, if Javante, you know, heaven forbid he comes up injured with a big workload, then you've got somebody else you can plug and play right there. Who's got the size and, and the speed. All right. So I, I, I can't ask you, I, I, I can't ask you if the Broncos are going to finish, if the, you know, if the Broncos are going to finish first in the AFC West, but I will ask you this, Ben Albright, again, Ben Albright at Albright NFL roster watch nation, you know, him, you love, I'm sure most of you guys follow him already, but if, if you don't, please go give him a follow at Albright NFL great follow for all things NFL. And also the, all the, I mean, just the, just the, you just love to see it with, uh, with all the haters getting, getting owned over and over again. Um, uh, ben, uh, who finishes first and who finishes last in the AFC West 2022? If you're making your picks right now, before, uh, before we have, you know, before we have the draft, before we have, you know, any kind of rookie mini camps or OTAs or anything first place, last place. It's tough. I mean, you know, I, I mean, you look at this and it's tough to ding Kansas city, but their defense is falling apart and they lost Tyreek Hill. Oh, yeah. I, think they, I think they take a step back. Um, the Raiders still don't have much of a defense. They, they've got a decent pass rush, but they don't have much of a defense. Um, the chargers look good on paper, but they inevitably find ways to fall apart. So, uh, you know, I'm going to say Denver and Kansas city at the top, uh, chargers third and the Raiders fourth. 